Just a reminder that this podcast does not provide medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This content is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your qualified medical provider if you have any questions concerning a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it based upon this information or anything on this podcast. The content presented on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Hey everyone, it's Kara Solomsas here, a certified health and wellness coach, and this is Tuning In From Within. On today's episode, we are featuring Amber Hunter, who I had the pleasure of meeting back in Reno, Nevada, where she was a nutritional health coach for natural grocers. And of course, we bonded over all things well-being and functional medicine. Today, she will be speaking with me on the topic of getting your body moving. So we're going to dive into the best types of activity for each phase of your menstrual cycle, the relationship between longevity and movement, and how movement can be most supportive during COVID-19. Amber Hunter is a nutrition and wellness coach and creator of the blog, The Wholesome Life, that is life spelled with a Y. She received her Bachelor's of Science in Public Health and her Bachelor's of Arts in International Studies at Oregon State University. She has worked in the health industry since graduating in 2015 as a health and wellness advocate and nutritional health coach. To further her education, Amber has actually started her Master's of Science in Exercise and Sports Nutrition last fall of 2020. And her health journey began similar to a lot of others. She had a problem and wanted to find the root cause instead of just treating her symptoms. So she began educating herself in nutrition and holistic wellness, managed her health issues, and turned her own journey into a career in nutrition and wellness coaching. She believes a healthy diet all begins with whole natural foods and that there's no specific diet that everyone should abide by. In her free time, Amber enjoys weightlifting, walking in the sun, reading a good book, and catching up with family and friends. She currently lives in a little town in Ireland with her future hubby. Welcome, Amber. Thank you. Thanks for the lovely introduction. (laughs) I know, you have quite the rap sheet here. I mean, for being so young, too, it's amazing all the different things that you have been a part of. Thank you. I move a lot, thanks to my future husband. He is a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. So we move a lot. You know, my resume is really long, but it's been able to give me an experience, um, so many different experiences within like the health and wellness realm. And it's really exciting. (laughs) Yes, which is super cool too, because you kind of pick up little things in every place that you go to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Like I've learned a lot from um, all the different jobs that I've, I've held in the last like six or seven years since graduating. It's been a road. (laughs) So today we are talking about physical activity and movement. And so I'm curious, why is physical activity and movement such an integral part of your life? Well, honestly, it's the big thing for me is it's about movement. It's keeping my body moving every day and doing it in a way that's going to benefit my health. You know, I started out with my personal fitness journey I was a cheerleader in middle school and high school, and that involves a lot of gymnastics and dance, uh, a lot of total body type of workout and coordination. And then when I stopped doing that sport in college, 
I wanted to kind of figure out what type of physical fitness really worked for me. Uh, you know, there's not one right uh, exercise, you know, we all vary in our abilities and what works for our bodies. So for me, in college, I started running my freshman year. Um, I was kind of interested in maybe joining the track team. There was a few openings, but I quickly lost quite a bit of weight. And actually, I was underweight. You look at my Instagram or just looking at me on the video, you'd see I'm like a relatively petite woman. So uh, it was very concerning for me that I was losing weight so much. And it was because really it was chronic cardio that I was doing. I was running quite a bit, you know, going through a breakup, trying to fulfill those type A goals of making a team or whatever. Thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just realized that that wasn't for me. And that was also a big point in my nutrition, a turning point in my nutrition as well, because I started realizing that the things that I was fueling my body wasn't necessarily fueling my body. So I started getting into weightlifting and it stuck. Uh, I absolutely love strength training and there's so many different ways that you can strength train your body. And I think that really is what works for my, for me and myself and what keeps me moving. So I don't know if any of your listeners have ever tried different types of strength training, like you know, there's CrossFit, which can be pretty intense sometimes, but it's great for like building muscle or um, making those goals. Then there's just like plain old going to the gym and curling those weights, you know, um, just girls for the girls. Yeah. And I think it's so empowering, um, especially as a woman, lifting heavy weights and just being able to accomplish something like that and, and having the power to do so, I think is really empowering for me. And lifting heavy weight doesn't make you bulky. It just makes you strong. <laughs> so yeah. um, something to keep in mind. I can lift pretty good amount of weight and, you know, I'm, I can't really show my muscles on here. But <laughs> <laughs> they're, there. they're there, everyone. <laughs> they're there, but they're not huge, you know. They're not manly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of my journey. Um, and I really just made fitness and movement a lifestyle. I have a stand-up desk for my work. Uh, so that instead of me sitting all day, I'm standing up. Uh, it really works for me because I am a teacher as well as a health coach. So I do a lot of talking and I use my hands a lot and it just really works for me to be able to stand up. Uh, I know that's not always the case for people who are working jobs where they're you're on the computer and typing quite a bit. But if you can do a remote meeting while you're standing up or have those phone calls uh, while you're standing up pacing your office space, you know, you're incorporating movement into your life. Just making it a lifestyle is really what it's about because I think too many people have put movement on the back burner and mm -hmm. a lot of our population in America is living a sedentary uh, lifestyle or a non-moving, uh, lower movement type of lifestyle. Something yeah. just to keep in mind. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that too. It's really interesting. It seems like the systems that we're a part of kind of perpetuate being sedentary, like what you're saying, jobs, and then you come home and you're tired. And if you're not already someone that's pretty active, it's kind of this extra thing, right? That you yeah, have to put on your plate. Yeah, excellent. And it honestly, it can be like a stressor to some people. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, I think our circumstances, like our jobs and schools and things of that nature 
it's encouraging to be sedentary. You know, it's encouraged to be sedentary and not mobile. Whereas just kind of getting out of that comfort zone and having a stand up desk or taking your five minute breaks every hour on the hour to Mm -hmm. move around, um, maybe do a couple squats or some push-ups or lunges or some stretches. You know, I think it can make a big difference in not only like your health and well-being, but also maybe your productivity too. You know, we're not productive if we're sitting at our desk for a long period of time and you're staring, you know, at the screen. Uh, Your brain actually needs breaks. So why not incorporate movement for those brain breaks, you know? Get that blood flow going. I hear we got a siren in the background. <laughs> I hope yeah, sorry. okay. <laughs> oh yes. I have the, the window open. Um, usually it's like, it's a really nice day today. Usually it's pretty rainy in my little town in Ireland. And today it's actually sunny. So oh, <laughs> having wow. the windows open. You got to have it open. Yeah. Get that yes. fresh going. Yes. In. Yes. What <laughs> is your town called, Amber? Sligo. Sligo. So, S-L-I-G-O. It's a um, little coastal town in like the northwest of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's nice. It's cute. I actually live like right on the river. That It's the river that leads to the ocean. I usually go on walks uh, multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, rain or shine. Honestly, I just, it's so relaxing for me. It's a big way for me to just unwind after a day of teaching a bunch of kiddos or coaching people and, and listening to a lot of others. It's a great way for me to have my me time. So because you used to be a runner and then you stopped doing that and switched to weightlifting and more of those strength building, do you still run or is walking kind of your cardio and stress release if you do want to do that? Oh, um, honestly, I don't run too often. I will go on an occasional run if I feel up to it. Usually it would be like a trail run just so I'm not running on pavement. I find I get like shin splints and my body doesn't feel too good from that. But usually I just stick to walking or I incorporate more of like a hit workout maybe once a week as like my cardio. I find that that works really good for my body and I feel good doing that. And for people yeah. that don't know what a hit is, could you explain what that is? Yeah, so it's a high intensity interval training So really, a HIIT workout is a short but intense bout of exercise. Usually it can range between like 8 to maybe 15 or so minutes. Um, You can think of it as like a a workout sprint. So um, you can do a type of workout to where your heart rate is almost at your max potential, like 85 to 100% your max heart rate, and you're taking minimal rest during that time frame. After that 8 to 15 minute time frame, you are going to slow back your heart rate down and maybe go in a steady state of like walking or or something like that to go back into that fat burning zone. But um, it's a great cardio workout. And yeah, I'm learning a lot about the women's cycle and when HIIT training is the best time. Oh, Um, yeah, which is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if you'd like to hear what I I can share. (laughs) So I am by no means like um, a women's health specialist, uh, but I do uh, do my research and I've been really interested in women's health and cycle planning, Mm -hmm. meaning um, you are, as a woman, 
understanding your cycle of your period throughout the different phases of your period and your monthly cycle and just your hormone levels and things that you should be eating and types of exercises that you can be doing to support your cycle. And I learned that uh, usually right after your period and leading up to ovulation, it's a really great time for you to start doing um, hit types of workouts or um, really hit your max in your strength training because your testosterone levels will begin to rise and you're just going to be able to feel a bit more of that oomph. And I think um, as like professional athletes have attested to say that they perform usually the best during that time frame of their cycle versus when their hormones drop or progesterone rises during that luteal phase or the pre-period phase where you kind of feel like crap and you get PMS that you don't yeah. perform as well. That is super interesting. So what is the best exercise to do during the your other phase where you're about to start your period and then when you're on your period? So from what I've read, so um, and during your period, it's really great time to just um, rest and rejuvenate, um, do types of workouts and movements that make you feel good that you're comfortable with doing. Personally, for me, usually like my first or second day, um, I like to just kind of keep it really easy, maybe do some yoga, go on a walk. I like to stay active and, and I don't curl up on the couch, even if you might really feel like you need to. It feels a lot better on your body to keep that blood flowing um, and circulating throughout. But you can do, you know, low, low to moderate types of strength training too during your cycle, like towards the latter part when you feel a bit better. Then once your period ends, um, your testosterone increases, generally um, going back to that strength training or HIT, um, or maybe like an intense cardio session like on for a spin class, or you can do like a good boxing session, just something that um, you get your heart rate up quite a bit uh, because your body um, is able to perform um, a bit more. And then after ovulation, when your body realizes that there is no pregnancy happening, your progesterone levels will begin to rise and uh, this is kind of when like PMS and stuff will kick in or when you're just your energy levels are going down but maybe you're starting to crave a bit more food strength training and keeping your body moving during this time is also really great just whatever you kind of exercise you want to do to support your body during those that time period so I know I say it a lot but honestly strength training is such a great type of workout and you can do it in so many different types of ways, you know, using like resistance bands um, or even just like your own body weight. Using your own body weight is also a great workout. Mm -hmm. um, and then for me, like I work out at home because, you know, COVID and whatnot. <laughs> so, that whole thing, yeah. <laughs> so I have these like water weights that my fiance got me. Uh, where you just fill them up with water and it's like 15 to 20 pounds per dumbbell. And so cool. I, yeah, and it's so nice because I live in an apartment. I didn't want to get some heavy expensive weights that would either ruin the floors or make my neighbors upset. So um, it was a great alternative. So I use those. But if you like are able to get to a gym, you know, that's a good place to go to for strength training, obviously, because they have the equipment. But it's just so great for building muscle. And as we get older, our muscles um, begin to waste um, with our age and yeah. um, our need for protein increases um, because of that. So 
strength training can also help with our bone health throughout our life. So especially and, as women, right? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, especially women who are on birth control for a long time, because they were told to go on birth control. Yes. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you feel and those side effects. I mean, it's, it's a great way to um, just to work out and, and keep mm-hmm. um, not only for your health or body composition and like the aesthetics that come along with strength training and building muscle, but like overall your longevity and staying well for your life. It's funny too, because I think strength training is often overlooked especially when you look at the guidelines that the USDA has. It's all about 150 minutes a week of moderate activity where people think, oh, I just need a walk, which walking Mm -hmm. is incredible. Like you had mentioned, I mean, it's great for your mental health, but there just is so much more to say about strength training and just feeling strong afterwards too. It's really empowering. I um, had kind of a similar story as you not that I wanted to join the track team. I was never that intense, but I thought that cardio was the only thing that was going to help me because back then I was really weight focused. I think like a lot of women are in yeah. college. I was like, well, like if I do cardio, I'm going to lose weight, all these other things. And I was just hungry all the time. I also wasn't fueling myself. And then I got into strength training and that was the best thing for just management of everything for me. Like I started to just feel more comfortable in my body. I was less bloated. I felt stronger on top of high intensity workouts too. So it was like that combination. Mm-hmm. But again, I think of that person that, you know, it's like, why would I even, do I really need to do strength training? Do I really need to exercise like that? Like what is really so important about staying active in your opinion, especially during COVID-19 times? So if you think about going on right now, COVID-19, we are in like uncharted waters. Mm -hmm. There is so much that is unknown, but I think a big thing that a lot of society has been pulling from COVID is we need to take a step back and reflect on our personal health and well-being. Because if your immunity is compromised, at first people were thinking it's because their doctors told them that their immunity is compromised, but with us learning more and more about coronavirus, that your immunity is compromised in a multitude of factors. Your lifestyle and nutrition play a huge role in your immune health. And a big way to support your immune system is by incorporating movement into your life. You know, being sedentary and having a sedentary lifestyle can lead to those big chronic conditions that can compromise your immune system that can put you even more at risk. Yes, 100%. Yes. So, I mean... Just really taking care of your your immune system in that sense of, I want to take charge of my immune health and obviously not want to get this virus or pass it on to any of my friends or loved ones. So I'm going to work out or be active for that reason. You know, if you think about it, your your heart is moving quicker when you're when you're mobile. Your blood is circulating through your body. That means those white blood cells that are defending you. Um, are also circulating throughout your body. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're flushing out your airways when you're taking those deep breaths, um, your quick deep breaths and whatnot um, when you're working out. So all those things play a role. Another thing too, with not only immunity, but movement can also really improve our mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. And with this being an unknown time and there's a lot of uncertainty and stress and anxiety, Um, This could be a great time to incorporate more of a 
physically friendly or movement friendly type of lifestyle that is going to support your mental health. You can support your mental health through movement by going on nice long walks where you can unplug from all the stress of all the news or maybe the family members that you're having to live in close quarters with um, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Um, You can take a little me time and go on those walks or shut yourself in a room and do a nice bit of yoga or Pilates that you can find for free on YouTube. There's Mm -hmm. so much out there. For me, uh, a great way for me to de-stress, I think it kind of goes in with my type A personality. I just absolutely love like crushing a, a workout. I feel those endorphins while I'm working out, even more so after I'm done with my strength training session or mm-hmm. like my hit routine. And I just feel like empowered too that I was able to do that workout. So supporting my health and moving my body in a way that not everyone can do. And another thing too is you can still be social or work on your social health um, with incorporating movement into your life. You know, going on a hike with your friends or family wearing a mask or whatever is also a great way to incorporate movement, but also check in with your loved ones or vent to somebody who maybe has an open ear, mm-hmm. you know, if you need it. So that is yeah. a great idea. Cause you're right. I mean, it doesn't have to be where you're at home in your room and strength training, which is also great, but to really mix it up and add a variety going on a hike, connecting with someone for that short period of time, being safe yeah. and distancing yourself, of course, but mm-hmm. it really is valuable. I did that with um, a couple friends from my cohort and it was so nice to just get outside and to just talk for a little bit. And it was just like a three mile loop that we did. Yeah. And that was it. And I just, I felt so good after you almost feel like juiced after, you know, after doing workouts, you kind of get why guys in the gym are always like yelling and <laughs> making all these weird noises. <laughs> yeah. I think it's for the show or the clout. One hundred percent. And I like yeah. I feel that not in the way that they do it, but after I do a resistance band workout or something like that, like this morning I shared this with Amber earlier. I did her booty workout and my butt is still shaking afterwards, but I felt so good and I felt so strong that I even made through it because it was really hard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, I, I want to say too, I do have an athletic boyfriend um, or fiance, sorry. Um, We're getting used to it. <laughs> yes. At my house to um, offer me, you know, a few tips and tricks or point me in the right direction because I'm not a personal trainer by any means, but I just have been working out for a while um, and I feel comfortable showing others. But yeah, you know, like we said for the, for the bros that are in the gym, working out doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. You know, working out doesn't have to be soulmates. You don't have to <laughs> be pumping iron and shoving all this protein mm-hmm. shake, all these protein shakes down your throat and taking creatine and all these different things. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, movement is about moving your body in whatever way works for you. That yeah. it's going to be sustained throughout your life, not a cr- really hard two hour workout that you do once a week. Cause you're sore, sore to continue to do it. <laughs> I know. And it's kind of a trial and error too. And I, I notice that oh, yeah. for myself, if I don't exercise frequently or if I take a break and then I jump back into it and I try to jump in where I was, your body tells you, your body will scream at you and say, what are you doing? You know, now oh, I can't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squeeze. 
<laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but it's yeah. interesting too. I wanted to go back to your point about how kind of matching movement with your cycle. So mm-hmm. if you are a woman and kind of seeing where your body's at, and that's something that I've started to do unintentionally because I've started to just notice that certain movements make me feel better or worse when I'm PMSing or when I'm on my period. So it's really interesting that you brought that up because I will do yoga or I will do more cardio instead of weightlifting just because I am in so much pain. Like I just can't imagine doing anything too heavy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like sometimes it just feels like your whole middle section of your body is just Oh my God, if I, I can't tighten anything because it's already so tight. It feels yeah. so like, you know, stressed at that moment. So it's, it's great that you're listening to your body though. It's, it's an intuitive exercise. You know, we have intuitive eating, we have intuitive movement. Yeah. Um, you know, listening to your body and how you feel because if you're, honestly, if you make a goal to go to the gym five days a week and do certain workout for however many months or whatever, And you have days that you just, you didn't sleep well, you had a really stressful day at work, but you're pushing yourself to go to the gym. Think about it. Is this really going to be less stress on my body or am I adding more stress to this? Like, am I adding more stress to my day by putting me through this workout that I really don't feel like I'm capable of doing? I know there's definitely a balance. You know, you want to have your goals and meet them, but you also need to be able to listen to your body and know what you are capable of doing. Um, and I think as a woman, understanding your cycle and how that plays a role should be like our background information and how to be a woman <laughs> is understanding that. Where was the handbook? Even about yeah. your cycle. I mean, this could be a whole other <laughs> podcast episode, honestly, about like tracking your cycle and yeah. foods that help produce different hormones. It's, it's a definitely a fun topic. There's a lot of good resources out there. But, um, and maybe I can send you a few of the ones that I've used if you wanted to like put in the show notes or whatever. Um, I wanted to ask you too, like going back to what you were talking about with, if you're tired and you're stressed and then you're trying to go to the gym and you're trying to lift heavy weights, what if you are tired and stressed and maybe you are having sleep issues? Is there a type of exercise that can help support that? Yeah, definitely. We all are beautifully unique. And I think it's kind of on like an individualized basis of what is going to work the best for us. But if you are extremely tired and fatigued, and not feeling like physically capable of doing whatever workout you had in your mind that you're going to do, I think you really should be listening to your body. And you can maybe incorporate more of a low to moderate type of workout, which you still could do at the gym. If you made it all the way to the gym, instead of doing this big leg day situation, you could do more of like your lighter weights, maybe work on accessory workouts. So like maybe do like a glute day or maybe you could just do like your arms and or honestly, maybe you can just like try new things. That could be your day to try new things because you don't really feel like putting in all that extra effort, but maybe you want to try something new that might take you a few times at a lighter weight. But honestly, I would tell clients if someone were to ask that to go on a walk or do some type of yoga or Pilates, something that's going to be a low to moderate type of workout, you know, where you're not anywhere at all near your max heart rate and that you feel physically able to do. I think that would be like the best. 
And that would be whatever your body is capable of. So if that's walking or maybe cycling or doing some kind of full body workout of some sort, or even shoot dancing. If there's a dance class going on at your gym, or if you want to put YouTube up, or maybe go into those old 80s files or 90s files of those spandex workouts oh like gosh yes we forget about those yeah, they're still there <laughs> they're still there they're free and you can do them in the comfort of your own home in your spandex if mm-hmm. you'd like and nothing wrong with that and it's it could maybe even bring a little bit more energy into you because you're doing something that's different from the norm and um you're having to use your brain to coordinate your body and maybe it's you know it's fun because it has music and you're doing something interesting with your body even if you feel like you don't have the rhythm no one's watching you (laughs) exactly no I totally agree dancing is one of those things too that I used to do and I used to love it and then Mm -hmm. I just stopped for some reason and I was on cheer so you know we would dance with cheer and then of course when it wasn't integrated in my day-to-day I was like oh you know it's just not a thing but then once quarantine happened of course, resistance band workouts came back in my life, all that other stuff. But sometimes I just wanted to dance. And I was like, why am I not doing this on the reg? This is so fun. And you're right. There are so many resources on YouTube. I mean, even just looking up, you could look up Zumba. You can look up just different dance numbers. I mean, there's a lot out there that is free. Yeah, definitely. All it takes is just pulling up your browser and typing in a song and you have so much at your fingertips. So it's yeah, easy to literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's just opening up the browser, you know? That's the I know, step. It's that first step. Before it used to be going <laughs> to the gym, which is obviously a barrier for a lot of people, but now mm-hmm. it really is, you know, what are the resources I have in my home? How can I work with that? So I'm curious for the lay person that maybe does not regularly exercise, or maybe they stopped because of stay-at-home orders. What do you think would be a first step that they could start with integrating so that they're not just jumping into exercise and then feeling painful? Big thing, I think, mentally why, like mentality check, is just remember that uh, we all have to start from somewhere, that when it comes to social media, um, I really would like to encourage you to follow people or look, you know, um, incorporate social media, have a social media presence that is body positive and not these certain type of looks that people are going for nowadays that you feel like is unattainable because it's just, it's all about your self-talk and how you're talking to yourself and uh, that's going to get you up and going. That's the kind of the first step is just trying to check your mental game and where you're at in your head. And maybe assess what barriers you might have that cause you to not be mobile or as mobile as you'd like. And then once you've kind of assessed those barriers, like let's say you um, are just not able to go to the gym anymore. There's, like I said, and like you've said before, there's resistance bands and resistance bands workouts that you can do. There's those water-filled weights that I got that are apartment friendly. (laughs) And those really aren't that expensive. I think it was like $40 to $50 for a set of those, which dumbbells are like $80 for a pair. They're so expensive. They're up there. Yeah. That's why I I didn't get any myself. Yeah. And it's just, all it takes is just like, or if you don't 
have the money to, to purchase like those types of weights, you know, using things around your house to lift up. For a while, I was using like a chair to like curl and do tricep dips and hold up over my head for like squats and stuff. It's just like being creative. And another thing is just like creating a goal and not just like a goal that is I'm going to work out more. That's not specific enough. Creating a smart goal. Uh, So if people don't know what smart goals are, it's um, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-oriented. An example of a smart goal would be like, I am for the next month, starting tomorrow, I am going to go on a 20-minute walk Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on my lunch break. That is extremely specific, specifying the type of workout and when I'm going to be doing it. It is uh, measurable because I'm saying for the next three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to be doing 20-minute walks. So I'm measuring it with a time of 20 minutes. It is achievable because us humans were meant to walk. So unless you have some type of physical disability where you're not able to walk, most individuals can. It's realistic being that it's a 20-minute walk. It's nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's time oriented. I chose to start tomorrow and do it for a whole month. So it's just, it's just being really specific about your goals and being smart about them in like the literal sense. And that's a big thing. And the other thing is, you know, there's so many resources out there. Uh, Like we've said before that there's YouTube, there's Instagram, there's online personal trainers. I know that there's a few personal trainers that I follow that um, are now strictly just doing online coaching like online at home coaching workouts. Very cool. Uh, yeah, which I think is super awesome because, you know, you're using your own material, you're in your own space, but then you have a coach in front of you that's like telling you how to adjust your, your body or to push you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And maybe cheering um, you on too if you need that extra support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And another good thing, you know, you could also even use like your friends. You know, you can incorporate your friends into your fitness goals. So if you have a friend that maybe if they're not even on the same kind of fitness goal, but maybe they want to, they have some sort of other type, you guys can at least hold each other accountable for what you're doing and maybe check in every week um, with like a a virtual workout together. That's a good point. You don't have to go at it alone. And I think that's the thing that COVID-19 really made a lot of us feel was lonely And Mm -hmm. just remembering that this is something where you can reach out to and have a support system or at least that one person, because there is bound to be one person that is on the same page with you and that wants to start being active too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many, there's so many people out there that are willing to, to try something new. And especially now that, you know, we're trying to incorporate more of a healthy lifestyle in our lives um, more so now it's a great time to start. Definitely. And I think it's a great start too, like you said, being very specific and using something like smart goals to really get you going. So even if 20 minutes is too much, just trying to think of what are those little things throughout my day? How can I integrate this for myself? I don't have a standing desk, but I have a yoga ball that I sit on. Oh, nice. This is me. Yeah. Sometimes you'll catch me bouncing (laughs) (laughs) unintentionally, but it forces me to kind of sit up straight. And then I also started to set a timer on my phone because I do school remotely and I work remotely. So I'm just at my computer all day. And so I set a timer on my phone. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. You Mm -hmm. have to like intentionally do things like different cues to get up every 30 minutes or 
to just sit somewhere else and breathe or go outside. So it really, it takes effort, but once you integrate those little things, it's just going to be a part of your daily routine. I don't know how much truth it comes from this, but there's, you know, studies have shown that for humans, doing something for 21 days can build a habit and doing something for more than 90 days can make it into a lifestyle. So if you just think about like do, incorporating something for a month, and if you continue to incorporate that for the next three months, you can make that thing part of your lifestyle. It's now more than a habit. It's just something you do in your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now for me, mine's flossing. <laughs> so I'm on week three of flossing every night. And, Hi, girl. There you go. Yeah. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it into part of my life because flossing is so important for your oral health. And, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, taking those breaks. Sometimes for me, it was, help, it was easier for me to set a timer for every hour on the hour for me to just get up for five minutes and take a deep breath or do some push-ups or squats or take a walk out of my office or whatever I needed to do. Setting those timers or remembering at least will be, it's a good little reminder for yourself. Definitely. Definitely. So Amber, for people that are interested in doing coaching with you or they want to check out your blog and see what kind of fitness videos and other things you have to offer, how can they get in touch with you or find you? So my personal blog is The Wholesome Life. So it's The Wholesome and then life is spelled L-Y-F-E dot com. And there you'll find just a bunch of different recipes, a way for you to sign up for online coaching if you so choose. And I'm really flexible with rates right now because of coronavirus and just everything going on. And honestly, it's really more so of like, something I like to include in my life. I just absolutely love coaching people and helping others. I love talking about health and wellness. So uh, I'm happy to talk to fire. people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then also I have an Instagram page. It's the wholesome life again with L-Y-F-E. And there I have a bunch of recipes and I have a few workouts. I'm doing these fitness Fridays. One of them was uh, that Kara had done was last week. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Try it. If you dare, try it. <laughs> like this ball underneath me is shaking a little. <laughs> <laughs> the booty cheeks are just vibrating. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's like drums. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have lots of good stuff and I'm just kind of starting out with my Instagram and everything, but you know, it's a process. Social media is a whole new thing to tackle understanding my technology for my website is another task as well. I know. (laughs) I'm so impressed by it. Yeah. I mean, you're building your own brand and you have a lot of good information there too. And you obviously know your stuff. I mean, I know that you don't consider yourself like an expert in certain things, but I think you definitely are. So for anyone that's interested, you know, please check Amber out and check out all of her amazing resources. And again, like a lot of them are free and accessible apart from coaching, of course, but that's going to be something that's going to support you in the long run. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amber. It's so happy to have you here and it was so good to see you too. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. (laughs) 
Feel free to check out more content or coaching from Amber at thewholesomelife.com. Again, that's life with a Y. And that is also her Instagram handle, The Wholesome Life. Thank you so, so much for listening today. I invite you all to subscribe and share the Tuning In From Within podcast show with friends, family, and all the other loved ones. And please feel free to follow my Instagram page at Tuning In From Within, as well as checking out our website, tuninginfromwithin.com, where you can find relevant articles, other podcast episodes, and so much more.